Hi, welcome to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. Well, folks, it's almost time to turn the calendar page over to the next month. But before we do, I happen to notice that a major holiday is coming up, just a week and a half away. Which one is that, you may wonder? Well, now, wouldn't Would you, you like, like to know? To know? <laughs> For this one, I think we need a little special music, and perhaps a few major sound effects besides. Alright, that was your big clue. Can you guess which holiday now? Ah, the laboratory. <laughs> yes, that's right, Igor. It's Halloween. Or it soon will be. And please forgive us for getting into the spirit a week and a half early. When it comes to a haunting good time, we just can't help ourselves. So gang, today we have a little trilogy of terror. Well, maybe not that scary. But we do want to help you get into the mood for Halloween. So we put together these three little tales designed to curdle your coffee <laughs> and send you running for your old security blanket. <gasps> the first one I call the Cookie Man. Back when we were in grade school in Linden, New Jersey, we had to walk to school several blocks past an open field and a dairy farm and then over the bridge across Peach Orchard Brook and finally past an undeveloped area that for all intents and purposes looked very much like a wilderness preserve. Lots of bushes and tall trees, kind of like having a jungle in your own backyard. Well in those days, even though this was only about a 10 minute trip to old public school number four, our parents did get a little worried about us making that long walk alone. I suppose they were concerned that some sort of boogeyman would suddenly jump out of the woods and surprise us. Oh, yeah. Now, while they didn't communicate this fear directly to us, I have a sneaking suspicion that many of the parents in our neighborhood got together at some point at one of their back fence gossip parties and concocted a little story that would ultimately become a sort of urban myth. And it goes like this. Rumor had it, that there was an unsavory character called the Cookie Man <laughs> who wandered around the wilderness surrounding Peach Orchard Brook. And he was known to entice little boys and girls on their way to school by promising them milk and cookies if they just follow him into the woods. And what was the evidence of this happening? Well, you remember that classmate Johnny Jones was only in Mrs. Larburton's class for just a few weeks and then mysteriously never came back? Yep, the cookie man got him. Like I said, this became an urban myth that was passed down to all us gullible grade school students, usually by the older kids who wanted to see just how much they could scare us. And it worked pretty well. After hearing that tale, not many of us ventured into the peach orchard jungle alone without having a whole bunch of sticks, stones, cap guns, and other things to protect ourselves with. <laughs> but you know, just around the corner, further upstream along Peach Orchard Brook, there was another place 
even more sinister that piqued our childhood curiosity. It was called the Pelican Club. It was an old, crumbling, deserted building on St. George's Avenue, just a few yards away from the Lampert's Dairy Farm store. At one time, it must have been a real hot spot for local residents. Maybe it was a nightclub, perhaps even a speakeasy dating back to the days of Prohibition. As young kids, we really didn't have a clue as to its early history. That was way before our time. All we knew at that point was that it was a really scary-looking abandoned building, just beckoning us to find a way inside to check it out. Well, one day, some of the older teenagers on our street announced that they were going on an exploratory mission with the goal of breaking into the Pelican Club and seeing what mysteries lurk inside. A couple of us younger kids, myself included, went along for the adventure. We had no idea what to expect. For us, it was no different than going into the fun house at Palisades Park or some other amusement park. Our parents didn't know of our plans, of course, so they had no way to throw a wet blanket on our little escapade. And as I said, we were young, so we had no clue about the possible risks and dangers that we were exposing ourselves to. Like, for example, what if the old Pelican Club had closed down because of some catastrophic event like a major fire? That would mean the inside floors, which could have been damaged in the fire, might not be very safe to walk on. And the other thing, as I recall, was that it was extremely dark inside the building. Nightclubs are not known for having lots of windows, you know, and whatever few windows remained, they were, of course, all boarded up to keep people out. Oh, no! As we made our way through the darkened interior, here and there we could feel broken glass beneath our feet. Now, without a flashlight, we didn't even know if it was broken glassware from the bar, or old lighting fixtures that had fallen down, or maybe some windows or skylights that had crashed to the floor. We were totally clueless. Make matters worse, some of the older teenagers decided to scare us younger kids by making moaning and groaning sounds as if they were the long-departed ghosts of Pelican Club customers from long ago. <gasps> well, to make a long story short, after stumbling around the dark for just a short while, most of us decided there wasn't much more to do there, so we called it a day. Which brings us to our final story today, and that's the Haunted Tunnel of Morris County, New Jersey. As I mentioned before on this podcast, our family usually took trips to Lake Apatcon during the summer. This was back in the days before the interstate highways had arrived, so the old man used a whole bunch of winding, hard-to-follow back roads to get to the lake and one of these roads went past a large wooded area that was not only fenced off, it also had big red signs every few yards warning people, Danger! Danger! danger high high explosives. explosives! Oh my. You see, this was the site of an infamous manufacturing plant where they made bombs, dynamite, gunpowder, and other stuff for the U.S. military. 
Now, if that wasn't enough to scare the bejesus out of a young kid who's just hoping for a nice day of swimming at Lake Apatcon, I don't know what is. You know, as an adult who now has internet access to all the historical records, I have since learned that this area suffered a number of major explosions over the years thanks to the operations of this particular gunpowder company. One happened in 1920, another in 1940, and one more recently in 1989. So it's no wonder that they had this huge fenced-off area with hundreds of warning signs. Wow. Well, anyway, after we passed safely through this corridor of unthinkable danger, we ultimately came to a very familiar landmark, an old single-lane railroad tunnel through which the old man had to drive the Buick on our last mile to the beach at Mount Arlington, which is where we had our favorite swimming hole on Lake Apatcon. This tunnel, a dark, foreboding orifice set into a large hillside, was constructed of big granite rocks. And as I said, it was designed for one single lane, so only one car at a time could go through it. So as you entered it, you prayed with all your might that some other vehicle would not be coming at you from the other direction, causing a deadly head-on crash. Well, as tunnels go, this one was rather short, but certainly mysterious enough to lead a young imagination to all sorts of bad places. I could picture in my mind everything from fiery car crashes to the ghosts of the Atlas Powder Company explosions. Hearing the eerie echoes of our Buick inside the tunnel didn't help any, I tell you. I was so glad when we finally got to the end of the tunnel to the bright sunshine on the other side. Now as to the question of whether this tunnel was haunted or not, I think I'll leave that up to you. Let me just read the newspaper report from 1920. Headline, Dynamite Blast Kills Four Men, Destroys Building of Atlas Powder Company. One man is still missing and 20 injured at Lake Apatcon Gelatin Mixing Plant building in which dynamite was made was scattered over a half mile of ground and only a 10-foot hole marks the place where it once stood. So you be the judge. A haunted tunnel? I think it's a very good possibility. You've been listening to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm Tom Nielsen. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on buzzsprout.com, Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.